You're listening to Fight Stories. The blood, the guts, the glory. Welcome to the season finale of Fight Stories. Are you ready for a good time? Me and Tyler sit down with former NHL heavyweight champ, former Toronto Maple Leaf, New York Ranger, and Boston Bruin, Colt Knorr, recorded live a few weeks back at Laugh It Up Comedy Club in Poughkeepsie. want to thank everybody that came out to the show, and I want to thank the fellas up there, Dan and Cal, for helping to make it happen. And, of course, thank you for Colton for agreeing to come on to the show. Uh, we're really excited to be releasing this episode. We know the boys over at HockeyFights.com are really excited and I thought Tyler was uh, well prepared for this and asked some great questions, as well as some questions that everybody wanted the answer to. Season finale, we are taking two months off to to run around and get some more stories. And we've been we've been running around. We've been running around the Northeast in the United States, and you know Tyler's up in Ontario, and I'm going to be actually going to Ontario to get a couple of more. We're going into the boonies, boys. So make sure you check back with us in a couple of months' time. Uh, in the meantime, if you're on Patreon, you can follow us there. We've got some extra episodes in the barrel for you folks, as well as some live video um, live video of this podcast, as a matter of fact. All right, enjoy Fight Stories with Colt Noor. 136 fights in the NHL, 1,186 penalty minutes, 12 goals. <laughs> Former New York Ranger, Toronto Maple Leaf, and Boston Bruin, if you want to be a prick about it. The heavyweight champion of the NHL, Colton Orr, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's great to be here. And you had to bring up the goals, huh? Right off the bat. I could, the oh, good yeah. thing about only scoring 12, I can remember all of them. <laughs> you probably remember the goals better than you remember the fights. Yeah, there's a few more of those ones. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming out, man, and doing the show. Uh, you know, we are we're pretty, we're pretty new as a podcast. We've already had a fucking great lineup of guests, and when you agreed to do the show, we were fucking above the moon. Oh, yeah. Um, Tyler and our, and our camera guy flew in from Canada to come do the show. So if you guys think you guys came a long way, <laughs> you ain't got nothing on Tyler. And, um, and if I may brag about Tyler for a moment, I like brushed up before the show and watched like a top ten Colt Nor fight clip before I got before we before we uh, before we started. And I asked Tyler, I was like, "Oh, did you watch any fights?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm almost through his third season in the AHL. Like he's watched every fucking available fight clip." So he is like an encyclopedia on this shit. And in fact, you should probably be sitting here because I feel like your conversation is going to be. You're going to be talking much more than me. I'm just going to be chipping in with jokes. Yeah, so, like, I was watching the, uh, the Colton Orr discography is what I call it. A guy sent me, uh, four DVDs worth of fights, which is absolutely insane. That's more than there is, uh, Rambo movies, I think, at this stage. <laughs> and I was, one thing I noticed, Colton, is, uh, I started watching from the WHL, the Western Hockey League in Canada. He started yeah. off, you know, as a rookie, you would have been... How old were you when you started then? In the Western League, I was uh, 16 years old. No, so I was 17 when I went away to the Western Hockey League. Um, you know, for me, I was a late starter. Started hockey at 11, never skated, okay. never, you know, I didn't play anything. I had a little street hockey here and there. Uh, so I had no aspirations of even thinking I was going to go anywhere. Uh, but I ended up, you know, playing hockey. And, and I remember listening to your guys' uh, Jim McKenzie's uh, talk about how, 
when he started, he was a goal scorer, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He played, and what he wanted to do, like, like he was a goal scorer. Wasn't you know everyone? Then he became a fighter later on. I started off. I was like trained to be a fighter from the time I was 12 years old. <laughs> it's, it's actually a miracle you scored 12 goals. No, no, we're lying. Like I was 12 years old, and I had a coach, and we were up five to two, or no, losing five to two. Uh, and right there, you know, there's hitting at 12 and all that, and they get like three minutes left in the game, and he decides to tell me to go send a message. 12 years old, okay? Coach tells me to go send a message at 12. So I go out there, I'm running around trying to hit, and, you know, I, I go after people. I, I don't do anything, and I'm getting tired, and I've been out there for like a couple of minutes, and I try to change. And he slams the door on me and goes, get the fuck back out there. You haven't done your job yet. This is Canadian hockey. This is what it's about. You know, it's like what it was. But that was my intro into how I was going to be a player. And I did a good job. I went out there, cross-checked someone in the face, and, you know, job well done. And that was kind of the, the, the start of, you know, how I was going to make my role as a, as a hockey player. When you started at, at 11 years old and 12 years old, your coach is saying, go out and send a message. That's early on for for but also like were you were you a bigger kid than these other kids at 12 years old like we already sort of had like an athletic build you know you see like some like some 12 year olds and you're like holy fuck how old is this kid and you're like 12 like if you were a woman you'd be like a really hot 12 year old i guess it's what i'm trying to say what was the question? <laughs> no, I got, I got, I, I was, I was uh, a bigger uh, kid. I, that was the question. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I was, you know, I was a big kid. I played football. I knew the hit. So that's why they kind of took that. I would go out there and just uh, hit guys. That, that's what I did. That's why I made the team. You must have been a super athletic kid to start playing hockey at 12. You can't even fucking stop and somehow wind up in the NHL. Yeah, I love, I played, I love sports. I think what, what, uh, why I was so good at hockey is I played Baseball. I played football. I played soccer. I played played it all. Uh, I think that gave me a lot of uh, you know just different athletics and different cross training to kind of you know be athletic in hockey. And uh, it took me a while to get going, but once I found my stride, it was something that you know people saw something to me and they always took me as a project. They always wanted to make me uh, better. You know, always trying to like, we can work with this kid. So. And so you so you make the step pretty quickly. So you know you start you start late, but then uh, you know the the Western Hockey League is like elite hockey for a young uh, you know hockey player in Canada. Coming up the ladder, you start getting into playing against uh, you know top prospects in the NHL. Like these kids are getting drafted. You know they draft them at 16 and, and 14. 14 years old. They start drafting kids in Canada. So they're like they're paying attention like they're Jared from Subway. <laughs> and they and so they got their eye on these guys, but you come in as like a kid who started late, and so you have to catch up to these kids in like a miraculous amount of time. And then on top of that, you're fighting elite fighters. Like your first like year in the league, there's some heavyweights. Who you who you run into first year in the WHL? Uh, you know, in WHL, is fighting guys like Bugard. Uh, if you guys remember him, uh, oh, yeah, How big yeah. Booger, he, was, he was six seven. So you get you get Derek Booger and is like yeah, what six seven and he's like a, a high school kid. And you're fighting him as a high school kid and then facing this guy when you're both in your primes. Oh, I think what the difference is is uh, we started that video and it started to become like a specialty sport. Like we we became like 
uh, you know, like UFC fighters or boxers. Like we dodge video, we trained, um, you know, we got, we got ready. So I can look at a schedule at the beginning of the season. I could tell you which games I was going to fight. I can go through and be like Pittsburgh, Goddard, you know, uh, Minnesota, Bougard, uh, Calgary, Grat- you know, I can go through and tell you which night I'm going to fight because, well, who's on that team? Yeah. Um, so it just became specialty. So when you're fighting these guys, they got video on you. They know lefty, righty, where your tendencies are. So it's one of those things where you had to be good. You had to be ready. Otherwise, you couldn't keep up. It really is like that because I know I know it's like that because as a fan, when I see you're going up again, I see the calendar too, and I'm circling it as well. As a, <laughs> I remember my wife and I, we went to a place uh, is in, in Ontario called Blue Mountain Resort. It's a beautiful resort, and we go up there, and uh, it's supposed to be a big anniversary weekend and, uh, you know, no hockey. <laughs> we go to a steakhouse. And it's a fine, like, high-end steakhouse. And I sit down, and I position myself in the one seat that's left that can see the TV. Because I know the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing against the New York Rangers, and Colton's going to fight Derek Bougard. And I'm sitting there, and my wife's talking, just yakking away, eh? And I'm just sitting there like, uh-huh, 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 yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Oh, and then the fight breaks out, and I was so pumped. Because the whole like week, I knew that that was going down, and that's a huge like. So did I. The whole week you know, <laughs> coming up as well. Um, it's, yeah, it's one of those things when you know you know it's coming, and, I, and, and that's why you, you watch. And and some of us we like to get out of the way. You know, we like yeah, to get yeah. out early, like first shift. Like let's go, come on, let's get her going. And oh, that was always sure. something. That's why you watched, and we talked about stage fighting, and and how that. But we won the we won the fight right away because then maybe take some of that pressure off of. You know, having to fight later on in the game. You guys talk about stage fighting. Can you just tell what stage fighting is, or, or, what, or what they thought it was, or whatever? Well, it is? Well, what it became is thinking the two enforcers, two heavyweights, were going up against each other. Uh, that they wanted to, you know, we were just fighting for entertainment value. And uh, oh, what the fuck is wrong with that? <laughs> that sounds excellent. Who doesn't? Who wouldn't people stand up when they're in a hockey game? When you score a goal, when you get in a fight, yeah. the two biggest times when everyone's cheering. So there was definitely also the two biggest of, momentum swings. Exactly. You know, other than maybe it, a big hit, it was it was one of those things where you know it, it was entertaining, but it also got your team going. But then your teammates would know um, that you're going to war for them. They knew that you were going to put on you know every night you're going to put on that jersey and you're going to battle for them. So they they knew that that and that would change something. They, they made them play bigger. I look at guys like Kessel when I play with him, and he loves having me look down on the bench and see me down at the end of the bench going, okay, I can do whatever I want tonight because he's in the lineup. Right. Um, you said sort of the way you guys were preparing for fights, you're studying, okay, this guy's a lefty. Uh, like, are you, like, boxing in the off season? Are you doing, like, the, in training for fighting specifically? Uh, when I was young, um, I have, I've always worked on fighting. Like I said, I, I knew young age I was going to have to do this. This was something that, uh, I, you know, I was going to play tough. My first hockey fight was 14 years old. Um, I was, again, I'm pretty sure I was sent out to go and, and fight. Took the face off. I never take any face off in my life. I'm not a center probably, You're 14 so, years old. You're probably still skating like shit. I mean, you I just started skating. I've been hockey for years, so you're, you're but right. I can stand up enough to hold my own to get in a fight. So we're out the face off, cross-check, and throw the one glove off. Grab him, start throwing with the other hand with the glove on, get his helmet off. And this guy's 6'4. I was about six feet. Get his helmet off, and then just went to town, dropped the other glove, and start fighting for real. So that was like my real first hockey fight. I was 14 years old, like fist fight. Sent the guy to the hospital, and that was. Uh, I guess I'm month. just wondering if you guys, as like enforcers, right, the 
fighting in the league is starting to evolve to the point where like maybe officials and I don't know, but maybe they're like, these fucking guys are really getting good. I think somebody's really going to get hurt. You know, because the way you guys are studying, like, you're fucking studying game tape on these. That was part of it. You look back in the 70s and 80s, it's brawlers, right? They're brawling. They just wanted to go out. They swung. There was no one that, you know, there was no one that was real, you know, you had your, later on, you had your Proverts and Domies that were really tough. But for us to brawl, then it became a skill. Right. It was was another skill that we had, and we really worked on it as a craft. Like, we talk about in Providence, uh, Providence Bruins was my first pro team. We had a guy bring in a fighting coach. His name was Doug the Thug Smith. No, no word of a lie, okay? They brought him in after practice. We get everyone together, okay? And he hangs a heavy bag, okay, from the raft, like from the <laughs> scoreboard down center ice, okay? So we're on the ice hitting this heavy bag, and we're practicing fighting after practice. And that was his only job. And sure enough, this Doug the Thug Smith, there was a movie loosely based on him. It was called Goon. I don't know if anyone's seen that you guys one. Hear Goon? Goon, right? See it? So this, this is on He wrote a book, and then they bought the book and turned it into a movie, yeah. which is uh, pretty amazing. But that was my, my fighting coach when I first came into the league. And that's how much, how it came a specialty thing, is we had people just to come in and help us learn to fight. The, the real-life Doug Glatt is coming. It, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty cool because I ended up being in Goon, too. I got to do a little appearance and yeah, yeah, do a little yeah, acting no, as well. Oh, Goon, I think, here went fucking straight to DVD or Netflix, straight to DVD equivalent. In Canada, it was like theatrical release. <laughs> I went to see Goon with my family. My yeah, dad's yeah. fucking wife, Bronson. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. Oh, by the way, Doug the Thug uh, will be on a season two of Fight Stories. <laughs> That's already in the mix, so. <laughs> um, okay, can you go, Tyler, and, and you'll do this. So, fucking... You're in the AHL. I, I watched a couple of AHL games uh, when I was in Springfield, the Falcon games, and I love the fucking energy in those places. You paid five bucks for a ticket. Everybody was waiting for a fucking fight. Nobody cared about the goals. But you watched some of his AHL shit. Can you just get into that a little bit? You're in the uh, the AHL, and you're fighting guys like Trevor Gillies. Um, who else is coming up? Oh, you, you can you can go on. Uh, Belak, uh, Gillies. Fritz, um, there's just you know, and there, there's both Wade and Graham fought them both. You hear the the term? Uh, he fought everyone and his brother. Colton it, actually did. <laughs> yeah, it, it was crazy. My first two years in the pro hockey, I had uh, <laughs> seventy fights in the first two years. So in I think 120 games, fighting every other game, two wow. three times a game. Sometimes it was it was again. Again, I loved loved it, loved it. You're in Providence, you're in Boston. Uh, you know, it was it was a big thing. Everyone loved it. It helped the team. Uh, everyone played tough and big, and, and we had probably three or four guys uh, on our team. We had uh, Doug Duell, we had Brent Myers, we had uh, Brennan Walsh. I remember watching that uh, that uh, Belak fight, the Graham Belak fight. You guys were throwing some sledgehammers in that. It was actually pretty good. Like. You know, Wade Belak was the NHL, you know, he got a lot more marquee. But the fight that you had with his brother, and he became a cop, didn't he? Uh, Wade Belak? Yeah. I'm not sure. No, not Wade. So, yeah, Graham? Graham became a police officer, I believe, uh, back home in Saskatchewan. But, yeah, the, that yeah. fight was, like, really good. If you have if you have the means, i.e. the internet, <laughs> go out and check out this fight. It's a, good, it's a good slugfest. But it was just, like, one of these things where... Every game, it was just like TKO, TKO. Like you see the like the knockouts happening. What's the scariest knockout back when? What's the first knockout when you were young coming up 
that like actually you know was like uh oh I really I might have hurt this guy like cause you hurt a couple dudes well I, I think that would have to be the one when I'm in, uh, as a New York Ranger um, and we go back and it's a tough and orc one um, I think if anyone's seen that one uh, would have been would have been like the real the real first like KO when when I knock somebody out like you know there's a lot where you know you broke guys orbital or you know you, you knocked them down or whatever but this was the first one and uh, Todd Vodork who's he's on the Flyers at the time and we all know that the New York Rangers don't Fucking like great the Flyers runners. right yeah. it's perfect so uh, two weeks before this fight he's running around going after Yarmar Yager going after Shani uh, you know just chasing everyone because he knows I'm in the stands and he can do whatever he wants uh, so Right away, the coach says, that's it, you're dressing next game. Uh, like, no matter what, when we play them. Two weeks later, I knew exactly what I had to do and make sure that he's not going to be doing that again. Uh, so I went and find him first shift, uh, go after him, and just, you know, sure, sure enough, you go. We're going toe-to-toe. And if you watch the fight, when you see it, we're both throwing a bomb at the same time, and I happened to hit him first, and it stopped him in his tracks, obviously, and he just went down. I uh, went out in the first moment you're going there going you know I did my job I KO'd him like he's never gonna do that again and you're sitting there and it's you know two minutes going by three minutes going by yeah and then you're starting it was starting to be like oh my god uh, yeah well I, 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 I might have killed this guy but <laughs> it, it was it was just, it was one of those things where that where it hit home you know it was, it yeah. was one of those ones like he's out it was just scary but you need talk and I talked to him and I and I, I've seen him afterwards it's like he's trying to do that to me as well exactly. right you, you, you fight him intention. yeah he goes if I'm trying to do that to you so you know if you knock me up you got me next time he's going to try and get me it's one of those things that we had that that, that gentleman whatever the respect among each other is a, yeah. that was part yeah. of the job it, it's it could a gentleman's happen. agreement that you enter into when you play that role and, the, and if you watch that fight he tags you with a pretty serious bomb as you're hitting it like it was like he, he hit you right before and it looked like oh maybe that's like you know, the one that's going to drop you, and then you connect with the one that drops him. So it was like that close. It was inches away from the button. What was the, uh, what were the boys saying when you got back to the bench? Well, well they were, the first, you can see the same reaction. They're cheering, cheering up, they're, everyone's up, and then it's just silence. I'm on MSG, everything. Oh, and wow. just like the whole thing was just the mood changed from, you know what, we got them. Uh oh, is he is he okay? And it was just one of those ones. Uh, those were the first ones you see a guy go down like that, a little scary. It's one of those ones too. Like if they get if he gets up and they wheel him off, everyone's like yeah. <laughs> but if he, oh, he's staying down a little too long. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was there one guy on the bench who was like, fuck him. <laughs> Well, it's the thing. You also have to you do your job. Make sure he's yeah. not going to go after Yager the next time, is he? No, he's not. You know, like that's and that's what we were there for. Well, that's the thing too. Like I always say, um, like as a Leaf fan, I remember watching you play, and I, I felt like you were one of the last true enforcers of the game in terms of like, you know, everyone talks about stage fighting, but Cold Nor wasn't just that. Like I remember uh, Dan Carcillo from the uh, Philadelphia Flyers at the times running around. Acting like a wild man, causing some shit, taking some liberties with the team, and I remember you challenged him to the fight, and uh, like he he was kept turning you down, so you just went out and ran the goalie because he was you know he's not gonna take. <laughs> you ran the Flyers goalie. How many people run a goalie in the NHL anymore? I don't know. Somewhere when you played the Flyers, <laughs> that you knew you were gonna be doing something, you knew you were gonna be in one, so you got amped up. <laughs> 
And if I couldn't find a fight, I guess we'll try and find it somehow. Yeah. It was my mentality, and what better way than go run a goalie? Exactly. I think that, that's usually going to start a fight. Um, yeah. So. But it's one of those things, too, where it's like there, there is – there's an unri- – I, I, I hate the term the code because I think it got, like, really, like, uh, too streamlined. Like, it made it almost uh, – like, like there's a rule book to this. Like, it's it's definitely a case-by-case example, but there is a thing where, like, if someone, you know, fucks with one of your star players, you're going to take a take a shot at him. You were, we were talking about this off off the uh, off the air, but I think uh, the incident where Brendan Shanahan went against Donald Brashear. Donald Brashear is one of your rivals. Tell me about this uh, this run-in. Well, well, first of all, I, I, I hated fighting Donald Brashear. I had the hardest time with him. He was lefty. He was 6'4". He was big. I just, I could never, I, uh, he always had the upper hand on me. Always would gel me, never fought me, like, straight up. So he, he drove me nuts to, to begin with. He'd but. been in the league a long time, and he knew exactly how to make fights his own. Like, yeah, he'd fight you on his turn. Never, never. I'd be end of a shift, he'd come jump me. It was always whenever he wanted to, to fight. Well, that was so. it. I watched, I watched one fight with you and him, and he looked totally happy just fucking locking you up and frustrating you. Like, he didn't even give a fuck who won that one. He was just wrestling you down, and then, like, the referees came in and broke it up where he had a chance <laughs> to even fucking really throw. On HockeyFights.com, they call Donald Brashear Huggy Bear because <laughs> he, he just liked to wrestle. And, I mean, he could, he could fight. Like, can't take anything away from him. He's, he is a, a great fighter. But uh, Mr. Brashear, sir, if you're uh, listening to this, uh, neither nor I or Tyron Morrison would, <laughs> would like to talk about any of this with you. No, it's okay because I, like, I think Donald Brashear is the only guy that if I saw, I'd probably want to fight still. Oh, so okay. It's, it's okay. okay. So. All right. We're gonna we're gonna be all right there. It's uh, yeah, we got Colton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, are you gonna be with us twenty four seven? Yeah, you're on your own. You're back in Canada. I can't go right now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So, so you, yeah, you yeah, we'll go back. Sorry, we'll go back into actually what we were talking about. Yeah. But when, when, so Shanahan, uh, he was uh, one of the great leaders on the Rangers. I learned a lot from him when I played with him. And he decided he chose to go fight Brashear that night. And, you know, him and Brashear square off at center ice, Master Garden. Um, even though Shanny chose to do that and go after him and fight him, which is amazing because it just shows like, the amount of leadership and kind of respect it's that he had. Brave move yeah. for a captain. And he did. Captain. He did. He did really well. And but I still didn't like it. The team didn't like it. We don't want Brendan Shanahan fighting Donald Brashear. And he's kind right? of doing your job. So, so my my point was okay. Now we got to go after their star player. So I go first shift I can, and I go look for Ovechkin. We're on a faceoff, <laughs> and I see him on the opposite wing, and I just go, and I, my, my main goal is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him. I know he's not going to fight me, so I'm going to have to try and find something else. So I see him coming, skating across the circle. I'm coming the other way, and I just straight cross-check him in the teeth. So I knock out his front teeth. So if you guys ever see him now in any of the kind of commercials he does, he's, I should be getting some kind of royalties or something. Oh, yeah. Right? For, for like, knocking out his teeth. He really helped with his branding. Yeah. That was, you know, that's part of this whole thing he's got going on. But that was my, my, my first ever suspension. I got five games for it. But it was, it was worth it. It was one of those ones where it gained some respect, and you go, again, you don't mess with us. That's perfect. And then, so you you had a pretty good rivalry with Brashear, but it was yeah, it was it was frustrating. So like, you think that he like fought you when you weren't ready? Like, would he wait till he was uh, 
fresh on a shift and you were tired and he'd come and yeah he always always had some angle whether you know i'd ask him early on and then he'd come catch me later on a couple shifts later after i was tired he always had some kind of angle uh to try and have he wanted the edge always wanted the edge it's interesting that you say that, that he's the one guy that like you would fight if you could you know what i mean kind of fight him again or whatever or off ice you just pump him <laughs> well i seen him do an octagon fight so maybe we have to set <laughs> maybe not, hey, maybe not. <laughs> get, get, get that going i don't know oh shit yeah oh yeah let's let's get it we we know an underground fight club in uh long island we could get him going yeah that'd be good but uh, it's interesting that you say that because when Bob Probert was interviewed on Off the Record, uh, it's a show in Canada on uh, TSN, they asked him, who's the one guy, if you could fight again, you'd, you'd, you'd want to fight him? He said, Donald Bashir. So I think he, like, he gave guys fits with his style, but he also, uh, like you said, he had little tactical moves where he would like get you when you're you know, off, your, you know, you're tired, or he'd just do things that, yeah. He was, he was uh, an interesting, uh, polarizing figure in the NHL. I mean, you saw what happened with Marty McSorley. Yeah. Like, drove him fucking bad. Yeah, he, he just had a way of getting under people's skin. And, and you know, uh, you could see the way it was. A lot of guys had a problem with him. Other than Brashear, though, like, so on a pest level, not enforcer level, who's the pest that pissed you off the most that you played against? Oh, man. Uh, oh, well. Brad Marchant was Marchant, yeah. <laughs> come back in the Boston. That guy's always, yeah, you know. But we also had one of the biggest pests in Sean Avery in New York. Yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, New, New York starts. So, the, hold on, let me just say, the Sean Avery Dion Phaneuf chirp is one of my fucking favorite chirps in all of hockey. Oh yeah. Oh man, but having I liked having a guy like Sean Avery on the team because I, I knew he'd you know get me fights and he would start Great things work up for and, you. yeah, and so it keep me on my toes and it would be a fun. For the referral, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's good having a guy like that, and, and yeah. Avery was all you know, and he was tough too. He can go out and fight yes. for himself if he wanted to. But but what but what a what a job he did agitating like he was always oh, under yeah. guy's skin and then you watched uh, you know they made a rule after him with the Marlboro when he's out in front and I just remember being in that game and I'm going this is gonna cause some sort of trouble oh, I'm yeah. not gonna have to be good after I think it was Bolton or someone had to come after Jansen's maybe yeah uh, but yeah it was he was always finding me uh, some kind of opponent in 2019 the NHL could only pray to have a guy like Sean Avery to make things interesting again it's insane how soft the league has become and. They, you know, they phase a guy like like that out, obviously, because they, you know, they want to sell sponsorship or whatever. But like that guy. But he was one of the first guys to kind of brand himself. And now yep. that's what it's all about. You're everyone's branding themselves. Everyone's a brand and and you're creating this stuff on social media. And that, that, he was kind of the first guy to kind of do that. And as, as a pest, too, everyone wanted to see him get his ass kicked off. Like they were against like his team. And like he, he really held his own. He did a good job. He, he did. Yeah, he was. Are there any guys that you watch now who are a little pesty and you were like, if I was still fucking playing? Brad Marshall? <laughs> that answers it. Speaking of another pest. Wait, when you lick a guy, you know, like, I'm sorry, but I saw that and I'm like, you know, you know, someone licked me. Call That's my it. agent, give me one there, more there's, there's my second suspension. I'm like, again, we're, we're, we're going to, something's going to happen. Oh, um, Luchich. I love fucking watching you pump Lucic. That was, uh, and, and it's funny because you, you put your name in YouTube and that's the fucking first one that comes up. So other people must wa- must have loved watching you pump him too. What were you thinking during that fight? Was that something you enjoyed? Was that a fight you enjoyed? 
It was one of those ones where I, I got I got up against Lucic when he was he was still young. I was young too, but he was you know he was younger for his second year in the league and uh, lined up like next to him. And, and I can see he's kind of thinking about it. And I ask my job, I'm like, Luce, we going? We going? He's like, Nah. You know, he kind of shakes his head and didn't want to go. And and then I, he, he thought about it. And he goes and he skates back. And and then two seconds later, I'm gonna say, Hey, and he's like, Okay, Orzy, let's go, let's go. And in that moment, you know, once that gets fired up and then just going, and I remember just clocking his, his nose oh, yeah. really hard and, and putting it on the other side of his face. Boston, his nose. And, oh. and that just gets you, you know, just my adrenaline pumping. I'm back in Boston, and, I, you know, I always love going back and playing the, the, the bees. And, uh, you know, so I got him going. And what I remember is him, the fight breaking up. And I always love watching guys that the fight breaks up. And then you get back at it, and you're fighting again, and you know all that. And then I also see he's hiding behind the ref afterwards, and oh, I'm yeah. still I'm still trying to go he after him, get going. He did the no yeah, it was, that, that, that was that was it. But you know, it was one of those ones. Right, and then I go and fight Thornton later on. All right, uh, I got nothing. I guess we're. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's that time. Um, why don't we throw a couple to the uh, to the audience? So if you guys got a question, uh, come on up, and I'll, you know we'll hand you the mic, ask the question, and then we'll uh, we'll let Colton uh, take it from there. So come on up, buddy. You've been waiting for this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, let he me said, just say, this he, is he came, fucking... when he first came in, he goes, "Are we gonna be able to ask questions?" <laughs> yeah. And so I've been waiting. So I'm actually really excited to hear <laughs> what he has let to say because he's been, been holding on to this one too. The yeah. guys that showed up to this yeah. thing, I was so... like, "Everybody up will take it." Not so sure about him. Him, ah. All right, uh, what's your name, man? Jeremy. Okay, Jeremy, ask your question. You kind of already answered it, but uh, the Lou Cheech fight, I hate Lou Cheech. <laughs> you were on Toronto, and uh, Don Cherry killed him for that fight because you, you, you kicked his ass, and uh, did he really, he didn't want nothing to do with you, right? Yeah, no, it was one of those ones, too, when you get hurt like that, and you, you just kind of said that's enough, uh, you know, but I had the journal probably want to go after him. Uh, but, but Don Cherry was the best to have uh, back in my corner in Toronto. When you got Don Cherry in your back in Hockey Night in Canada, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And one of, the, one of the, the best moments that we had was when uh, uh, he brought in Kadri, who was on air with Don Cherry and Ron McLean, and then they bring in, you know, this, this two goon squad with me uh, and Fraser McLaren in the back, and then he lays a kiss on Nazem Kadri. But, you know, just kind of like be on Hockey Night in Canada, be with Don Cherry for a Canadian kid is actually pretty amazing to have that, that that moment yeah it was uh that was great now later in that game did you fight thornton i don't know it was later in that game no because oh, he fought different. yeah primo i didn't fight him later thornton. but yeah he wanted to make sure he let me know that he fought primo for that thornton was a tough one you yeah. gave him a good shot too yeah we always we always have a pretty good deal boston yeah. and all of that it was great yeah. I, Thank you. I wish you were on the Rangers like that, but it's hey. uh, you, you beat up a lot of guys in the Rangers. It was great. I loved it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Any more questions, you're going to have to start your own fucking podcast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you're good. I'm glad. They were great. Um, so that's a, that's a funny thing because we talked to a couple of guys and there is something about a fucking Don Cherry endorsement that just lights a guy up. You're in the NHL, you're making great money, you're the fucking, the world is your oyster, so to speak, but there's something about that Don Cherry endorsement where it still makes you feel like a fucking kid on Christmas, right? Well, well so actually my daughter got a Don Cherry endorsement when... <laughs> 
like from a Christmas photo. So I sent him a photo of my daughter in front of the Christmas tree with a Rock'em Sock'em DVD, like the, the 20th anniversary. And oh, yeah. So I sent him this picture, and I go, Don, look, I'm starting to be young. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, Hawk and I can, and we're playing the Winter Classic and uh, in Detroit, and he puts that up uh, you know, on the screen and starts talking about her. And, yeah, so sure enough, so, you know, the two-year-old, she doesn't know what she's, you know, the endorsement she's getting, but one day she'll understand what it was. It was pretty cool to see. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. guys get the Rock'em? Soccer movies in the, in the U.S. Oh, deep rock of soccer DVDs. So, oh, you guys are missing out. In Canada, every Christmas, there's like this highlight video that Don Cherry. If you know who Don Cherry is, he's a, yeah, is he, he he does. Yeah, some people don't. I mean, <laughs> we're we're the, yeah, the, yeah the the tie. Yeah, and it, and so he does these uh, these highlight videos where it's like the the whole year of like hits. At the very end, he plays the best fights. And back in Canada, when we were kids, we get these every year for Christmas. That was the the present would come out right before Christmas. Well, that was one of those things where you know I talked about growing up. Um, I was you know I was kind of a fighter right from the start. I was a, yeah. you know a tough kid, tough guy. But I looked at that as I wanted to be on that video. I wanted to be yeah, on yeah. Rockham. So you know some guys want to be on the highlight reel, score goals. I want to be on Don Cherry's Rockham yeah. Stockham. That was my, you know, my goal when I was playing, you know. That and have my name on a hockey stick, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> he was, at the end of the video, he'd always be like, and if you don't like the fights, time to take a little break, because it's tea time. <laughs> <laughs> so here's actually a good question for you. Um, you get your daughter the Rock'em Sock'em DVD. You uh, teaching your daughter how to fight? Or having her learn how to fight somewhere? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I did get a little heat for posting a video of uh, my daughter going to get fitted for her equipment. And okay. we tried on some hockey gloves. And, you know, I wanted to make sure they're fit. So I asked if she could throw them off first <laughs> and see how fast they come off. And people really didn't like that I was teaching my daughter to throw uh, the gloves off. But I also taught her how to body check. Um, as well, so I'm starting her young and uh, <laughs> that body checking. And I take a look at the guys in the audience here tonight, and you're goddamn right. I'm teaching my daughter how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other questions? Please come on up with them. Yeah, I got one. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Danny. Uh, so, on the cross check scene around the world, did you get to keep Ovechkin's teeth? I, I, I wish I had those in a mantle right now somewhere up, you know. And did he leave yeah. dents in your that, dick that, or no? That, that, was, that, that, cost, was they, that cost me 20 grand as well in the suspension. So. <laughs> well worth it. Yeah. Oh, well worth it. Yeah, I'd do it over again. Um, you have, like, uh, issues where, you know, maybe you get injured or something, you got to go to the doctor or stuff. What's the weirdest thing you ever had to go to the doctor for in the NHL? Uh, so... We're going back into, we're playing with the Rangers, and I'm playing against the Islanders uh, at the Coliseum. And I start chasing uh, Webb around. Uh, Steve, Steve Webb. Webb. Okay, I start running around, I'm chasing him, I'm cross-checking him, I'm along the fight. He starts yelling at me going, no, you shouldn't be fighting, you got plates in your hand. And he starts telling the ref, <laughs> he shouldn't be fighting, he's got plates, he's got metal plates in his hand, he should be banned, he should be not allowed to fight. So I'm sitting there going, is this really your excuse for not wanting to fight me? And I, I, I go, okay, whatever, he didn't fight me. Go back, don't think anything of it. Thought he was just trying to avoid me. And all of a sudden, we get a call from the league. The league calls. They want x-rays of my hand. They want to see that if there's anything in there. And I guess it goes back. Shanahan started this rumor that a 
crazy doctor in Canada <laughs> inserted metal plates into my hand, and that's why I was knocking everybody out. <laughs> so we have to go. I have to go to the doctor. I got to get an X-ray of my hand. I have to prove that I don't have any crazy metal plates that would help knock people out. No, dude, I'm looking at your knuckles right now. I'm still not sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I did have to get someone to go do the X-rays for me, and not actually have my. You look like Wolverine about to have yeah, the really yeah. come out, but yeah, and you're from Western Canada, so that lines up. <laughs> yeah, so it was just one of those ones where they, they actually were scared that I had, like, the rumor was going around the league, and I'm like, we should just go with this. Like, <laughs> Shandy, keep it going. Like, if people think I got metal plates in my hand, they're going to be scared of me even more. So that, that was, that was I love pretty... it how, like, that's the point where it fucking finally culminates, you know? <laughs> like, it's gone around the league now. This guy's like, oh, fuck that. That's like the equivalent of a six-year-old going, my mom said I can't get away. You know, Fedorik's already fucked up. He's like, oh, why didn't you check into this earlier? Now I know why. Yeah, I know why. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And then, uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, earlier we were talking about uh, how you fought, you know, everyone and their brother, but uh, you mentioned that you, I didn't see this on, online, but you, you fought both the two two brothers in one game. Yeah, so this is this is going back again. I was 16 years old and playing Manitoba junior hockey. Oh, so it was before WHL. That's before, why it didn't before, come up. Yeah, that's why this one's not. This is you're going up to OCN, uh, the Paw, up in northern Manitoba. It's about 10 hours north, like farthest point in Manitoba. And uh, you you want to talk? It's nothing you, but inbred natives <laughs> up there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm part native. Okay, I can say that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, we. we, we <laughs> So we're going up on this trip, and this is the first time I actually realized, you know, you guys ever heard of, like, you know, the Flyers flu, like, you know, you don't want to go into the, guys wouldn't want to go play the Broad Street Bullies because, you know, they start saying they're sick, right? So we're going up, we're going up to the Paw, okay? We got, you know, 16 to 20-year-olds, and we're loading, the, getting on the bus the night before and, and getting ready to go up there, and we start looking around. We got half a team. We got two lines, an extra forward, and, like, 4D, one goalie, and, I, and we're looking around, what's going on? Guys are calling and say they got to work. The guys are calling in and they say they got to, you know, uh, sick, the flu. Like, they're actually calling in saying they're sick. So we go up to this place because no one wants to go up there because how <laughs> tough their team is. They got two two brothers. They got, I think they had McIntyre at the time. They Steve just, McIntyre. Yeah, they got just a team full of, of, of meat up there. And so no one wants to go up there because it's scary. And you go to the rink and people will be chucking beers at you. And it was just fucking kids. Sixteen years old and going up there and, and I'm sixteen year old, I'm the tough guy on the team that's yeah. taking care of, you know, the twenty, nineteen year olds and that you're sixteen taking care of twenty year olds. Sixteen year old, I'm the, the tough guy on the team. Uh, they got me an exemption because most six-year-olds have to wear a, a cage. Okay. So they're like, no, no, we can't have them wear a cage because we need wow. them fighting. Wow. So we get an exemption. I can wear the half shield. Yeah, so, yeah. Great. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a great thing. So we go, we go up in the paw, and sure enough, actually, Tutu was 15 at the time. His brother was 20, Jordan I think. Jordan and Terrence. Terrence, yep. yep. And the uh, game starts to get out of hand. Uh, Tutu's running around. Jordan, uh, yeah, Jordan Tutu's running around. So all of a sudden, I go after him. I start fighting him. Terrence takes exception to that, that I'm going after his little brother. He comes in, starts fighting me. So I got both tutus, both hands, holding them <laughs> off, trying to fend them off. I'm pissed. Like, a third man in, Terrence comes in and starts jumping me. I go to the box, and this is like old school barn. There's no glass, like, in it's just like, you know, yeah. box, and then the box. Like, here's the, yeah. the other penalty box right here. <laughs> and I go, and I'm so mad, so I just grab Terrence across 
the, the box and start fighting again because I was just mad he jumped third man in. But it was just going up there and being a 16-year-old, going up there and having to fight all these guys oh, yeah. over and over. And I was just, and, and I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I was having fun doing it. I'm like, this is crazy, but, you know, it was fun. Well, it's crazy watching you, like, from the WHL, the first year, you kind of, like, are throwing from, like, your back like this, and then all of a sudden you see the transition where you're, next thing you know, you're punching down and just crushing guys. Like, both hands start getting more fluid. Did you feel the, tr like, did you feel all of a sudden that you settled into a much more comfortable punching uh, I started to learn how to fight. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, before it was just, I threw haymakers, I was a young kid, you know, I was, I was tough, I was big, I was strong, but then... You know, it came a thing. Uh, you know, I got mm -hmm. signed by Boston, uh, and that's what I said. You know, this is going to be a, li a living, yeah. <laughs> and I, I got, you know, again, I started boxing. I, I started doing all that. You know, the MMA, just looking for things to try and make myself better. So uh, you started doing fucking MMA. Oh yeah, yeah. Because for holds and for everything, I worked with a police officer back in Winnipeg. That would teach that's me all the grips and the holds. Evolution of fucking and hockey that's, fighting. That's is. where it started. Everyone started to take some sort of fighting off in the off season to try and work on their fighting. So it wasn't just. So you know, is there any guy? And you might not even want to fucking answer this question. In which case, uh, we'll just delete it from the uh, <laughs> from the podcast, and it'll only be the live listeners that get to hear it. But is there any guy you look back and somebody's like that fucking? You know, he's got he's got legendary status, and you're like, I'd fuck him up. He's like, you, you think he's one of the toughest guys ever, but I'd fuck him up. Yeah, I guess being a fighter, you want to think you can beat anybody. You got <laughs> to have, you got you got to have that mentality. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I don't say you know. I I didn't know if I'd beat him up, but uh, I, I wanted to fight Ty Domi. Yeah. Ty Domi was the the one guy that you know I grew up. I I, I watched him. He played in Winnipeg for the Jets, and I just thought he was awesome. He's tough. He was you know he's crazy. Uh, it wasn't that big, and sure, I'm with Boston. We go into uh, Toronto, and that's the first thing I do is I, I see him in warm ups, and I, I kind of line up to him like, you know, this is like a young 20 year old, and I was yeah. like, like, hey, Ty, you, uh, you want to go tonight? Like, I love yeah. that. I, first of you all, know? I love the way you approach him. You're like, oh, excuse me, sir. Like, yeah. you're, you're a fucking like, fighter in the like, NHL. And you're like, um, um. <laughs> It was like, you know, and, and he's like, so, you know, sorry, not the, tonight, kid. You have to work your way up to that. And, you know, and I start going, like, come on, like, please. Like, I really want please, I really, I really want to say I really want this one. I want to be able to say I fought Ty Domi. You know, I'm like, I'll fight left-handed if you want. Like, whatever you need. <laughs> and, and, you know, I just, I couldn't get that fight. And it's one of those ones where, you know, I wish I would have been able that I fought Ty Domi. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you want that on your fight card. You want to say you fought a guy like Ty Domi, Probert, like those kind of guys when you watch them growing up. And, uh, you know, and, and then later on in my career, I started to understand why he wouldn't want to fight me because I had all these young kids coming at me and wanting to fight. I was like, no, 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 no not, not tonight, kid. No, like, you're going to work your way up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, full circle, which is, you know, and then, and then I called Ty and I said, hey, Ty, I understand what, uh, why he didn't want to fight me then. <laughs> And so, so like playing the NHL as long as you did, you developed some rivalries. What would you say is your number one rivalry that you were in? What was the best one? Uh, there's there's a couple, but I think uh, me and Brian McGratton. McGratton. Yeah, yeah, was one of the ones where we think we fought five or six times, and uh, 
you can go back and you could probably put them all side by side and they all look like the same fight. It was just a bunch of haymakers, no defense, no nothing. Like, let's just go and try and, you know, KU each other. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, you talk to him and you'll say he won all five and I'll tell you I won all five. <laughs> and it was just one of those ones where it was just back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, we always, we always fought. We always knew we were going to fight each other. Uh, but he was tall. He was big. He, he was one of those great. guys. Yeah, he, he was an elite yeah. fighter in that in that uh, era, and, and and you were too. And uh, you, you and Bugard and McGratton were always neck and neck for that crown. And I remember in Toronto, you were having the fucking year, and you won McGratton in Calgary, and that was the one where you busted his nose up pretty good. I remember watching that and going, "There we go. That's the that was the one." That like I think sent you to the top that year of like no one can say anything now. Yeah, and that was, was a good backstory behind that one because uh, our our trainer on the team was his trainer before. Okay. And uh, so he, we're, me and Brad were starting to kind of just talk a little bit to the trainer because we had the same, same interests like tattoos and fighting I guess I don't know why right so not really uh, yeah so we, we go we start we start whatever we, so he sends a text and goes tell, tell War I got a new move tonight so this is, this is game day like the day before like the day of the fight and I'm like okay so I guess we're fighting tonight and uh, sure enough, first shift, we're going out there, and, and we go, and, and, I, and I'm fighting, and, and I catch him. I catch him good. I get him with the nose. You know, I get him good. After the game, he texts him back and goes, so what was that new move? And he goes, apparently getting my nose smashed across my face <laughs> was the next one. But he told me, he's like, I'm going to get you next time. I was like, no, no, we're good. No more. That's it. So <laughs> never, never fought him, fought him again. Let me, but, uh, let me hang my head yeah. on that one. I think I'll be done. But he's, so, one, he's one of those guys where now, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm friends with Brad. That was my question. That yeah. was, are you guys buddies now? Because it sounds like you had a good relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, 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 I talked to McGrath and, uh, you know, Peros, uh John Scott, these guys are all now, you know, like I said, we talked about that respect that we had for each other. And, you know, because we all know we were, were doing for a reason. And, you know, we're all kind of doing the same kind of roles. So we understood what it was to kind of do that. And now we all kind of have this little bond and, and a little friendship, I guess. And, and you were talking about the, uh, well, or we, we mentioned, obviously, the nose break of McGratton. But the, there was one that you, where you fought Wade Belak. I remember you broke his nose. And it was, uh, it kind of like, changed the way Wade Belak fought because he was like he's just such a good fighter and it took him like a while to come back where he got the confidence to kind of stand in there and trade toe to toe again was there ever any any time where you got hit where you, it, you lost a bit of confidence where you started fighting more defensively for a bit that like woke you up because early on you start slugging yeah, you don't yeah. Think as much, right? Yeah, there's, uh, it was actually against uh, uh, George Perros. Uh, okay. It was it was the one where. Um, he ended up, I got KO'd, and then I got knocked down, and then I got hit the ice afterwards. And it was one of those ones where you, you're, you're out, you know? Yeah, and yeah. One of my first ones are out, and I got back up, and I was still trying to fight. And the linesman, I got the linesman in my arms, and I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? Like, why are you breaking it up? Like, I still want to go. And he's like, man, you, you're done a while ago. You can watch the video. And it's one of those yeah. ones where you see, you, I didn't know I went down. When you get buckled, um, you don't know. You, you don't know. And it was one of the ones, that was one of the first ones where, you know, you started to feel it a little bit. And I, I remember, you know, being like, ah, but, you know, you want to get right back on it and start mm -hmm. fighting again. Uh, but the things started to be not the same. Things started to go a little bit. You feel like your chin's not there. Yeah. Uh, you start getting a little, you know, you have a little too. So you start getting that doubt. And that's when, when things can get, get scary and, and you start to, you know, you start 
double double thinking. Because there are guys too, like you just see them and like they have like this iron jaw. Like a guy like Josh Gratton that you fought in the minors. I remember he had this iron jaw. It's like you can hit him with fucking anything. Just sledgehammers. And you I did. did. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah. The <laughs> and but he got once he got like like really like dropped, it like took him a while to like maybe get back, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and same thing. You look like at some, some USC fighters, and, and you look at other sports, and, and when you start to get those concussions, I guess we thought, and knocked out, it, it's easier and easier every time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. How long did you did it take you? Do you feel to shake off that KO? Uh, you know, it probably it probably took the season. No, it was probably probably that I, I can't remember really that was or when part of the season was, but. It took me a while to get over that. It took me, like, you know, back to get back training and start to rethink, like, okay, you know, I, I can get back in this and, and fix it. But, yeah, it took a while. It, it wasn't uh, something that just, like... In the meantime, you're fucking taking fights. And, and I'm still going back. I'm still right. going back. Yeah, you're still going at it every night, uh, trying to go after it and, and not think about it. But, you know, it's in the back of your head and things start to, you know, you start worrying about it. Yeah. And your rivalry with um, Matt Karkner. That was like playing Russian roulette. Well, someone was getting knocked out. That, that was either either way. So the first fight with uh, Matt Karkner, uh, you know, I, I KO him. And then he comes back the next game and he wants to fight again. He KOs me. Uh, you know, so we're going. And then I think I fought again for the third time. And, and I beat him again. No, not KO, but I beat him. And so now he starts talking in the media. He starts telling people that, you know, I'm going to get him next time. The series will by 2-2. I'm like... We're talking about this being a series now. Like with the media, yeah, yeah. like the media is reporting about this going, oh, you know, Or's up two one. Um, you know, and like, you know, Sparker's going back, you know, I get this next or even, you know, go from there. So we, we go into Ottawa and uh, you know, I again I beat him. So you know, I'm 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 pumped because he was chirping for the game and all yeah. that to the media. And I get up and you know, I don't really celebrate too much after fights, I'd have maybe a smile and you know, all that, but this one I was so pumped I get up and I and I hold up three fingers, right? Like like this, but you look at my fingers, you can't really tell that's three fingers. So I was like, everyone's like, what's he doing? Why why has he got this claw that he's holding up in the air as he's skating off the ice? And I was trying to say this, I won three, I won three. <laughs> yeah. They won't bend. They won't bend. This is as far as they go. Like, that's great. The claw. <laughs> We talked about the Peros thing because because when when Peros like hurt you, but he fell down and hit his head on the ice. It was he was the one that had to go out on the stretcher. Uh, how, that was another one of those moments where it was like kind of scary, right? Like, yeah, it was one of those ones where uh, you look at it and, and you just that one was was worse than the Fedork uh, because it, it wasn't a punch. It wasn't a you know he hit the ice and you're standing. Uh, I just. My my heart, like I sunk, like I was just like yeah. it was scary. It was a scary moment. Uh, one of those ones where, um, uh, you know, you, you're just sitting there. I've got a lot of respect for George and, and what he did and everything like that. So, um, seeing like that, it just was those ones where it really, you know, I, I I can't imagine how him and his family felt. And, yeah. and I know me feeling my feeling was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't it, it wasn't a good feeling. It was one of those ones where it struck home and you're like. Just, <laughs> We kind of talked about this a little bit off off the podcast, but like about how um, the 24/7 Sports Center sports uh, ESPN coverage of, of every game is like constantly in a loop. So when something like that happens, oh, that's that's Canada. That's 24-hour TSN yeah, yeah. coverage. Yeah, yeah. In ESPN, you get one fucking goal a night if you're lucky, <laughs> and it's the playoffs. It's a it's a starving man's land out here. 
Very true. In Canada, yeah, it is nonstop. And you're in the the Toronto market at the time. Like that couldn't have felt like good for you because it's they're micro. Like they're putting that under a microscope, right? Yeah, that was the thing. They were, because they're already starting to get on stage fights. They already thought it was uh, an issue, and, and they wanted to kind of change it and, and stop fighting. So that gave them a lot of fuel to just kind of be like, you know, look what's happening. Um, you know, and it's one of those ones where. He, he, it's scary. You start getting these concussions. You don't know what what they're adding up and and what's going to happen. And uh, so you start to worry a little bit when you start you know you start getting multiple and multiple ones going on. Yeah, and then and then like just like being in that media center of Toronto. You are you you mentioned like uh, you know how they they really got on the fourth line. Like they, this is how this is how hockey kind of changed. Is the fourth line in hockey used to be. You know, going out, fighting, banging, hitting, and then uh, all of a sudden, everyone's but also, like, but also rattling the fucking first line and trying to and trying to slow guys down and change the momentum a little bit. Well, that was the thing when I was in, in New York and with Tom Rennie. That's what he used me for. I would go up against Crosby. I would go against uh, Vetchkin. Um, these are roles that he used me in. So that was, you know, that I took pride in my role. I took pride in, in being able to kind of go out there and. I liked when if I go after Sidney Crosby and, and get him to you know start whining, get him off his game, and then 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 Eric Goddard's got to come out and fight me. Like that's that that's hockey. That's what it was. Where you don't mess with our star players, and we don't mess with yours. If you do, you're gonna have to pay the price. Yeah, and there used to be a tension in the game where you know it could like devolve into chaos at any time. That's what made it exciting. You didn't have to have a fight in hockey. There didn't have to be a fight, but there's the potential that this could turn into a line brawl. And that was exciting because you know there's that chaos about to happen. And that's these guys running around, checking people and making shit happen, right? That doesn't happen anymore. We smoothed over a, uh, a very important comment, and that was Sidney Crosby whining. <laughs> My dad's going to love that fucking clip. <laughs> so, I mean, you played for, for a while, and you had some wicked guys playing on your team. Is there anyone, like, who's the toughest dude that was like, actually, like, rode shotgun with you on a team? Uh, I think having uh, uh, Fraser McLaren um, on my team in Toronto yep. was, was was huge, especially where I was at in my career. Uh, you know, I didn't want to be fighting as much. I didn't want to have to have, you know, 20, 30 fights a year. So having a guy where we could look at each other and be like, hey, do you want this one tonight? Yeah. Or do you want that? And, and actually, I called him today because, you know, I, I wanted to, like, jog some stories. I wanted to yeah. see, like, let's get it going. Let's reminisce about, you know, the, the days of, of me and you in Toronto. And as I'm talking to him, you know, we were talking about the, the Buffalo, the John Scott oh, and yeah. the Patrick Coletta fight that we had. Yep. And it was one of those ones I'm like, I wanted that John Scott fight uh, went after Castle preseason. Yep. So, you know, we wanted to get at him and, and Coletta was taking runs the game before. So we had this plan. I'm like, we were going out there and this is in the dressing room in the warm. I look at him and I'm like, like Big Mac, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, I want to get Coletta. I'm like, you know, you, you, you good with taking Scott? So I, I got Scott tonight. <laughs> so we discussed it before, and sure enough, we're off the face off. And, you know, Melee, he goes after Scott. I go after Coletta. Coletta's running away from me. Uh, but we get in this, this, this huge brawl. And then he goes, the worst part about it was that you got kicked out. Mother Lime Conrad got kicked out. He goes, I didn't see another shift that game. He's like, because there are no limeys left. So I was like, well, those ones where, you know, he's looking at it going, thanks a lot. You know, now here I'm uh, sitting on the bench the rest of the game. Yeah, on the lonely island, yeah. right, the pine. And you, when you fought John Scott there, you, you buckled him with a body shot. That's rare. You don't see body shots in hockey like that too often. Not to drop a guy. I don't know if I've ever seen one. Well, that was the, the lockout year. And uh, I remember when the schedule came out. 
I knew we were playing Buffalo. Yeah. And I, I knew from the start, I'm like, I haven't fought John Scott yet. I'm like, this is going to be the night. Home opener, uh, I'm going to go after him. And I remember just catching him under the ribs with a, with a body shot and just dropping him. I just, just was pumping it up from there because one of those ones where I prepared for that. It was like, you know, it was like you're a boxer getting ready for a match. Like I was training, I was, you know, like running, you know, doing pull-ups in the basement, like all this kind of stuff. And, and it was just one of those ones where you just had that, you know, you, you did it. You know, I, I was able to kind of set my goal and drop them. Nice. And you and so you mentioned uh, McLaren is one of the guys you love running with, like uh, on the same team and. Uh, and Jay Rosehill also playing team. He's a wicked fighter too. And what was it like having to face off against him when he got traded to Philly? Because I mean, that's like two guys who are working together as a team, and then now you get to square off against your buddy, right? Yeah, it was one of those ones. It was like the the protege versus the you know the, yeah. the, 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 the whatever the master, whatever. It was you know we played together, we fought, we we helped each other, mm -hmm. and then when he went to Philly again. You know, these with Philly keeps coming up, but uh, we, we we went after and we had, you know, we ended up we ended up fighting each other, and uh, I'm pretty sure he got the better of me that one as well as ones where it was just you know he, yeah. he got me and it was you know good for him and uh, you know we we I've seen him after that and I was like all right good job you know, yeah no did, hard he, feelings yeah Business yeah he, usual, he did right? it and it was just you know you have those times where you have to fight your teammates sometimes and you know maybe you don't want to but it's part it was part of the game. And, uh, okay, so do we have any more questions from the crowd here? You got one more? Yeah, come on up, man. This guy's got one, then we can get you. This this cat first, and then you. Okay, yeah, come on up. One at a time, we'll come up. Come right up. How you doing, guys? I was just wondering, Colton, uh, who's the guy that you either played with or played against that was like a goal scorer or superstar that wasn't a fighter? But you saw him fight, and we're like, "Oh shit! Like this guy could fight. Like he would be a good enforcer if he wanted that." that well, role. I, I, I like uh, I have the. Well, I can say he couldn't be an enforcer, but I love when he would fight because he'd get so amped up. It was Phil Kessel when when he he got in a couple fights and I mean I don't know if I thought he had a camera who he fought. Uh, some little guy and he pumped him right. And he comes to the dressing room and he's, he's like a little kid comes. He's like, you see that horse? He's like going up and over and down. Like you know, he's like, I really, I really got him. I really got him. And it was just it was, when you see a guy like that, it, it's so much. It, it's so much fun to watch a guy that doesn't fight get in the fight and you know be so excited about it. it was, so I'd say his castle was the guy who's kind of. But if you're talking, you want to talk a guy actually could have been a tough guy. Um, I think you'd have to go on a little Shanny. He could actually fight British and could fight uh, legitimate heavyweights if he wanted to. Yeah, Messi. I didn't play with him, but he was a guy that he was tough too. And, and, and there was so this guy don't there. The same way when you scored a goal and you got oh, yeah. about it, he was like, "Oh, I, nice, I, man." I always <laughs> equivalent me scoring a goal to like an offensive lineman scoring a touchdown. Yeah, you know, like yeah, like yeah, the yeah. funny dance celebration when they <laughs> they score and they're so excited. And uh, yeah, oh, this yeah. guy did always. Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, I'm sorry. Was that? The, did you did you have a well, part a, a part B to that that question? Okay. Anybody else? Thanks, Pat. We go back to uh, to this guy because he's fucking itching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, man, get up here, buddy. Yeah. You got to get to the mic, because, uh, you know, the podcast listeners... Oh, they stop clapping before you get to the stage. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. Uh, what's your name, man? Okay. How many times did you break your hand? Oh, well, 
That is cool. I've got. Well, we now we go back to. I wish I had my X-ray here because we can go back to the harbor. But I, I've, I've. Oh yeah, yeah. Your hand, your fucking hand is mangled. I've. It looks, uh, like, it looks like a collection of sticks. I, 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 there's not one that's actually straight anymore. They're all going all directions. But I've probably uh, had about four fingers broken uh, and three wrist surgeries. Uh, so I, I've broken probably seven, eight times. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, at, at least, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That there, knuckle, knuckle looks like a baby elbow. Yeah, that, that one, that, I don't even know what happened to that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, my the thumbs escaped. I got this. I can't even show it. Don't leave, John. I'll show you something. This is up here. Oh, oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> America's got talent. I didn't know we were going to be seeing magic. <laughs> so that one doesn't have any joint left uh, in there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they should just take that one off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the salute, though. He needs that for road rage. <laughs> All right, get on up, buddy. <laughs> Let's do it again. Yeah, that's it, man. Um, I can't believe I can't remember the guy's name was on Colorado. You're fighting a guy, and he has your jersey up in your face. You can't even see, and you're trying to get. Oh uh, yeah. And you just start throwing. Co Kochi. Kochi. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah David. David Kochi. Yeah. And yeah. You drilled him, and I, I. It was like you were like about to get beat, and then you just started unloading, and that was it. Like I. You, you, I, 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 I underrated fight. I've always yeah. I've always liked things like that that were a little different. So when I got on my jersey, I'm like, oh, I will disadvantage, but maybe if I tuck in here, you'll be okay, and you know, I could pull it down. I always liked that kind of stuff. And like I said, I followed UFC, and I remember having a fight against DJ King. And you ever watch the UFC fighters when they're in like a hold and they start looking up at the the, the jumbotron to see where they're at? So I'm fighting DJ King, and as I'm fighting, you know, I kind of, he's got, got me up against the boards, and I start looking up and seeing where we're at and see if I can get a position and start going just because I like to watch UFC. So as well as ones are, I'm looking up, checking where he's at, and and announcers look at it and they go, I think he's looking at himself on the scoreboard. And, 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 and it was, I was, I was actually trying to see where I was in the fight and on the scoreboard, and it was, you know, it was pretty, pretty fun. But I always like those kind of different situations where can I get out of it, you know, like can I, can I make a move to, to kind of create something and, and turn it into a win? You were in definitely in a little bit of trouble, and you got out of that and just destroyed him. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good question. I was going to let you hold on to that mic for as long as you were going to do it on that one. But that's the thing. But that's the thing about fighting. Like, you get to a point where uh, you've been in enough of them, and even though you're getting hit, you're thinking about it. You're like, all right, this guy's really giving it to me. How am I going to slip my way out of it? But to be so comfortable in a fight where you start looking for the fucking jumbotron, <laughs> you got to be in a lot of tilts to be thinking. Like, that's like third, that's like three levels above somebody who's just getting in a lot of fights, you know? Do we have any more in the crowd? Oh, thank you for coming here tonight, first of all. Like I said again, you're here my, here my birthday on the list, so it's your birthday gift. Hey, hey happy birthday. You. Happy birthday. Thank you. I was going to say, if, and who would you say you had some of the least respect for off the ice? Please tell me Brashear was the one he had the least respect for as a person. Well, I, I think I covered that already, so <laughs> uh, it was definitely Brashear. And uh, again, again, McGratton was, was a guy that, you know, we became close and had to fight, uh, and then Rose Silver, guys like that. Uh, that were buddies to get the fight. So I have a question for you. Uh, 
Um, so he's asking about off ice least respect, but forget about NHL. Is there any is there any off ice scraps that you remember getting into, or were you only? Well, no, I you know there's a few, but I think well, my my toughest opponent during my life was my younger brother. <laughs> okay. Because I don't know every every year. It was it was something, and, and it was either we're fighting over video games, and, and we just had this he had this temper. But once a summer, we'd come back, and and he played hockey, he played junior, played Western Hockey League. Yeah. But he'd come back, and he would want to challenge me. Okay, so he'd come back, and we we'd be out, and I remember getting out with him one night, and you know we're, we were at a party, and, and we 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 started to get in a brawl. We got in a brawl, me and my brother, and we take it outside. We're we're wrestling in and. Some guy jumps in and, and, and cold cocks my brother. And like, I think he's helping me. I guess he didn't know he was my brother. Yeah. I turn and drop him. <laughs> and I go, only I can hit my brother. You can't hit my brother. <laughs> and then go back to fighting my brother to teach him a lesson. <laughs> and it was, it was. You see what you made me do? Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those ones where, you know, I'm like, oh, only me. And, and I was always knew I could handle my brother, no problem. So I'd only give him as, you know, as, as bad as I want to give him a beating. Um, but he was always once once a time he'd always he'd, he'd want to want to well, challenge me. So he's and we're super close and, and we, we love each other like crazy. But it's just something he was wanted that shape. Maybe I could knock you off your horse. Maybe I could take you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. And uh, so so before we uh, wrap this up, we had a couple questions for the guys on the uh, hockey fight forum boards, uh, hockeyfights.com and uh, fried chicken hockey fight site. Those guys love you too. Um, one of the questions that they had, and this one, I really like this one, um, was supposedly there's a fight um, with you, and this, well, this is, that was a real fight, um, with a guy, when you were in Providence, it was against Flynn. Do you remember this fight? It was, uh, they say, on the video, it, only, it cuts out at the end, this is a toe-to-toe slugfest. I've seen the first part of the fight, but it cuts out. Before the fight ends, what happened? Yeah, so I had to go back and watch that one too, and I, I remember fighting Flynn. It was my Providence days, and uh, so we were going toe to toe. And he was a—he's a big man, and it was always one of those guys. You ever remember the guys that when you're young, always had, they had a goatee, they, they looked tough, you know? And he was that guy. He had a big goatee, looked mean. I was 20, rookie in the league, and you know I got to go after this guy Ryan Flynn, who you know he's already established himself as a tough guy, and we're going toe to toe, toe to toe. And I didn't, I remember this, I didn't knock him out or knock him down, but I did break his orbital. Oh, okay, and, so he and then got you hurt. Have to, yeah, he did, yeah. Because, again, they, were, they weren't sure. People had said that he got hurt, and yeah, so the guys on the forum yeah. were like, did he not? They, you know, they, they wanted to hear from yeah, it, was one, it was one of those ones, yeah. Really he, did, he did end up, yeah, he ended up getting... Very nice to uh, to finally solve that mystery. We also... Uh, <laughs> and if we could find the rest of that video, it would be... Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that uh, okay, I, th I think we're, uh, we're we're running long in the tooth on this, so I think we got time for one more forum question, and then uh, and that's it. All right, so this one um, we're gonna ask. I think this is this is a good one because uh, who's your favorite teammate to protect or stand up for? Favorite teammate to stand up for or protect, and why? Um. That's a hard question uh, to single one person. Yeah. Uh, because what, what I did is I really enjoyed my role. Um, I, I like looking after my team. And, uh, you know, whether it was a star player like Yamri Yager or Shannon or Kessel or, you know, all these guys looked after or my line mates like Blair Betts or Ryan Hallwick. I just, I, that's what I like to do. Uh, I, I really did enjoy doing that. I really did like looking after and protecting my teammates, making them feel bigger, you know, that they can go out on the ice and feel safe. 
Um, so I really could not single it down to, to one person because it was something that I, I took pride in, in my job. That's awesome, and I think that's what that, that kind of you know sums up being an enforcer in the NHL. It's it's your duty to take that on, and and, and you really uh, you know the league doesn't the league itself never showed the respect to the enforcers that it should, but the players that you played with they absolutely love you. If you watch any interview with NHL players, they talk about the enforcers first. They they always give props to guys like Cole Nor who stuck up for them, made them feel comfortable on the ice. Let them play their you know play their role and do their thing and feel like you know no one's gonna take liberties with them. And so the fans. and the fans, I mean the fans love it too. No one's no one's. I got I got I got to say like you said pregnant teammates, but I, I've always had the support of the fans when I played. They're always always there. You go into MSG, you go into Air Canada Center, and um, you know that that feeling when when I know that I'm squaring off at Center Ice Master Garden and I've got everyone cheering. That fueled me. Like it was easier to fight at home when you got the crowd behind you. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and it's amazing to have that feeling and be able to walk down the street and still get respect to people say, you know, I love what you did when you played here, what you did for your teammates. Um, I, I think that's what made it worth it. Everything like that is to have that response to be like, you know what, yeah, I really appreciate what you did. And the problem from your teammates and the fans is, you know, it was something that was, you, you awesome. really felt. And the money can't hurt either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen. I, I think we went we went long. It was a it was a it was a long episode. It was a great episode. Colton, thank you so much for for doing it. Did you, was there something else you wanted? Yeah, to say? yeah. No, no. I just you know I, I want to talk about a little bit about you know I, you know we talked about all these fight stories and and what I've gone through in my career and yeah. and what I did and uh, you know it's funny I talked about you know protecting protecting people and. And now that's kind of what I'm continuing to do. I'm continuing to, I work with a lot of youth programs and, and young hockey, and I started my own hockey academy called uh, Colton or Hockey Academy. Um, you can visit the website at coltonorhockey.com. Um, but for me, it's just making sure that players know to protect themselves. Right. And, and that's not fighting. Uh, you know, I'm not going out there and teaching kids to fight. I'm going out there and making sure that when they're playing hockey, they know to take a hit, they know to give a hit, they know to respect their opponent out there. They're not doing cheap shots. Um, that's something I've, I've taken pride in now is, is looking after youth hockey and teaching them properly and, and making sure that they know what they're getting into when they're playing and, and what they yes. have ahead of them. So that's kind of what that's great. my role is now and what I want to do. Okay. All right. Do you also have somebody on staff teaching them how to score goals? There's another skills coach for that, but yeah. yeah skills coach. Yeah. <laughs> great, great. Well, listen, uh, first live episode of Fight Stories. Colton, thank you so much for agreeing to do it again. And, uh, and we want to thank the staff here at Laugh It Up because, uh, because they love the Rangers. And, you know, long before we even were in talks to, to bring you here, he was like, fuck, wouldn't it be awesome if we got Colton Orr here? And I was like, it would be. So, uh, so these guys love what you do, and, and we're, we're super excited that you're here today. So thank you so much. We want to thank the people for coming out here tonight. Um, you guys had great questions. Some of you really fucking wrote them down and really studied and thought about this. <laughs> And, uh, and so check out Cold North Hockey Academy. And for, for those of you guys who are listening here at home, just continue to follow the podcast, Fight Stories, baby. That season one of Fight Stories, I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in. We want to thank our regular listeners for supporting the show. If you want to continue to support the show, here's how you can do it. First off, patreon.com. 
we can always use the money because we're spending our own bucks to make this thing happen for you folks. So Patreon.com, if you send us some cash, you will get uh, our comedy albums, T-shirts, and free tickets to live events when we're in your neck of the woods, such as the Colt Moore episode, as well as our gratitude. Now, if you don't have a, a ton of cash but you want a shirt, hey, grab a shirt, baby. You'll look, you'll look good in a Fight Stories T-shirt. All the ladies love them. <laughs> and lastly, the no money down way to support is just to continue to share, comment, subscribe, and maybe even most importantly of everything that I've said right now, we want more fight stories. If you've got a fight story, send it to us, DM us. If you've got a friend with a fight story, we want to see it. If you want to send us audio of that fight story, maybe we'll feature it on an episode. If you want to send us a video of that fight story, maybe we'll put it on an episode. And if it's real good, maybe we'll get you on as a guest. We want to come to your city. We want to go to tough towns. We want to be talking to people out in the streets. The butcher, the barber, the candlestick maker, all those guys. Everybody's got a fight story, and we're out to get them. All right, guys. We'll be back in a couple of months. Hit us up. Follow us on social media. We'll keep plugging you guys in, putting out little videos and teasers, and we'll let you know exactly what date we'll be back. Thanks a lot, boys. Support the fights. Fuck the arts. It's only toxic masculinity if you're listening with your girl. <laughs>